0: Hey everyone it's uh it's david it's the 10th holiday chat call here of 2022 and just like we've had uh earlier in this series we have another returning holiday chat guest this time we have eric who uh came in in 2019 he was holiday chat number eight back in 2019 eric how are you doing today i'm doing well how about yourself i'm i'm doing great i'm all excited for santa to arrive um, and uh, realize I've, I've got a day and a half left to wrap all the gifts, and I'm not looking forward to that. What you and I spoke about last time, you want to give everyone a quick synopsis? Well, um, the net-net for me
1: was that you told me to go find somebody that had a business that did not have a successor and um, try to get on board, which I've done that.
0: Okay. Okay. And you were working as an estimator in a company, correct? Correct. Yeah. And and so what has changed in your own personal circumstance? Um,
1: well, I mean, obviously I've been working towards um, knocking down the debt, uh, getting my mortgage paid off, uh, looking to get my finances in a place to where I would have something uh, to bargain with. Um, and then... I I found this company just kind of reaching out. I wasn't really wanting to work for him, but he kept harassing me. So I went and talked with him and then he, he explained to me that he didn't have a successor and I was just like, wow, dude. <laughs> so I'm, I'm actually the estimator and buyer for his business. And it is a, a very small shop. Um, we actually get a lot of calls from people wanting to buy the business but he keeps turning them all down so and he keeps saying he's not going to sell and and so i'm just wanting to figure out how to convince him to uh, transition to me through whatever way is possible
0: Mm -hmm. okay so you're working there now you're you're doing the estimation work for him and he's an older gentleman who steadfastly does not want to sell his business correct Okay. Um, and he knows that you're interested in being a buyer. That is correct. Okay. So what, what did the last conversation go like when you were speaking with him about it?
1: Well, he, he, basically said, uh, you don't have two and a half million dollars to buy this business from me, but, um, he didn't, I mean, that was a, like a, okay, well there's a possibility, but, um, I don't know what his exact plans are, but he kind of keeps things pretty open. And the company is an S corp, mm-hmm. which I'm not real familiar with how that all works. But um, it he also has been looking into like um, something like um, employee ownership. So I'm not sure his thoughts behind that, but yeah Um, you know i'm kind of hopeful that something that he's looking to possibly work some of us in or whatever
0: yeah so i mean he may be exploring one of the esop strategies of exiting a business like create creating an actual esop plan employee stock ownership plan where employees can buy in and he can effectively sell the business to all of you you know Um, that may be something he's thinking about what what is his day-to-day like in the business?
1: Um, he is there. Um, I mean, he takes Fridays off, but we only work half day Friday anyways. Mm-hmm. But um, he, he has impressed me to no end because he has very simple systems in place. He's very old school, likes to be on the phone. Um, he still only takes checks. He won't take credit cards. Um, but all of these things that, that he has done are opportunities. And um, uh, although, you know, he doesn't use a MRP system, any kind of tracking per se, we still keep track of things like in a manual way. And, and you know, obviously as a small business, that's not too terribly difficult. And um, so he just keeps his finger on the pulse and, Guides everybody um, whenever we have any kind of issues. Maintains the relationship with the customers to um, you know make sure that that everybody stays happy. These customers have been with him for over four decades. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some newer ones, but but the majority of his customers are long term. And I've been there over a year and. You know, things that I would have thought hmm, that would rock the boat does don't even faze them. So they're they're very loyal to him and they really value the relationship.
0: OK, and so the, the business itself, I mean, have you he mentioned uh, you just repeated that he had said something like you don't have two and a half million dollars to buy this business. Have you seen any of the financial records of the business? Do you have any idea what it does?
1: um now on the financial side um what what he's talking about is there's two buildings that he owns outright mm-hmm. and he has a machine shop and the sheet metal now personally i'm really only interested in the sheet metal um but if it's a whole package deal and he'll work work something out then i could be on board for that but you know the building's small. Um, everything's cramped, um, and and my plans for future would be to expand some, and uh, try to get it all under one roof. Um, so those types of things don't necessarily lend to long term, if that makes sense. But you know, you own a building, then I guess you could rent it out later. But, but so um, so,
0: have you seen the financial statements of the business or no? No, I have not. Okay, so so when he says you know this two point five million, you you believe he's referring to the value of the property and all the equipment and everything. Yes, more so than some kind of idea about what the what the cash flow of the business may be worth.
1: Oh yeah, no, this guy, he, I mean, the first time he told me, he said a million and a half, but. Um, I'm not sure if he's purchasing a new machine that he may have added that into his thought process Mm -hmm. when he said two and a half, but I mean, I don't, I don't think he's one of those guys that just wants a million dollars because I mean, he said he's, he's old enough. He doesn't have to really worry about it.
0: Okay. And so in your conversation with him about being interested in buying the business, you never really got down to any kind of uh, specifics, like, for example, buying the business and becoming his tenant.
1: Yeah, no. Um, I mean, the pushback to me is that he feels um, like I'm encroaching if I if I ask too much. So I'm I'm still. I mean, like I said, I'm only a year and a little bit into the business. Mm -hmm. So I'm still building that relationship to build the trust, to, um, also, you know, show the capabilities, which is what I need to work on.
0: Okay. And, And I mean, how's it going? Like, I mean, are you performing well? Do you think that he's happy with what you're doing?
1: Oh yes, most definitely. I mean, he, he constantly tells me that I do way too much and he can't pay me as much as I'm worth. And, as far as all the accolades and everything, he, he definitely values me.
0: Okay. And so, and so then what would your goal be for this call? Do you want some ideas on, on potentially how to make a deal with this guy, or do you just want some ideas on, on what, um, else you could be doing? Both
1: actually, that's both what I've gotten written down is, um, what can I do to um, advance my knowledge to be able to be better prepared to actually give him a viable, um, you know, cause I don't think that he ever wants to leave the business. So I'm not looking to get rid of him. Actually, I would love it if he would just transfer her and, and start taking the money out of the business and, and stay and do everything he's doing, you know, because I can wait uh, to make the improvements. And then What else can I do currently that could, uh, help me with my knowledge base and, and how to, um, be better prepared as a business owner?
0: Yeah. So, you know, one of the, one of the biggest things that I think anyone can do who has a job that is aiming towards being a business owner one day is get themselves into a position where they're actually responsible for a a P and L in their job, because it's it's almost like you suddenly are responsible for running a business, but you didn't have to invest in the business and you're not ultimately responsible for what happens. Right. So it's, it's kind of like training wheels on a bicycle. Yes. And so, so the, you know, what I would be trying to do. I mean, he keeps telling you that you're doing you know, all this stuff. I would be looking for more opportunity, more responsibility to actually start to do some of the things that he's doing. See, the, the longer you spend there and the more you start to do sort of management functions or project management or uh, leadership type of stuff in the business, Um, the more that you will be seen by lenders eventually as an insider. And if they see you as an insider in the business and you go to buy the business, it means that you're more likely to get more favorable terms from a lender. Because all the questions about your ability to run the business, you know, those boxes get checked right away. I don't really know um, a good
1: way to approach that with him. He has his daughter comes in and um, she's not really interested in the business, but Mm -hmm. um, she comes in and uh, does the payroll and and accounts payable, all that kind of stuff. And um, and she's looking to exit um, as quickly as she can. And, and that's something I offered to him was for me to take that over, um, you know, on top of all the other things that I'm doing.
0: What did he say to that? I
1: uh, I don't think he wants his daughter to leave. <laughs> I think if he could find a way to keep her there, he would. But you see, I don't blame you. Th-
0: this guy's in a position where, I mean, he's probably made a lot of money over the course of his career, so... He he probably is doing exactly what he enjoys doing. Exactly, he's he's living the life he likes, right? And so, yes. and and he's the owner of the business; it is his property. There's nothing that can be done to make him sell it, right? I mean, it, it's just right. He, he's going to make these decisions. the The thing that happens though with people of that age is they do start to consider more realistically their own mortality, right? They they start to realize hey you know my my time will be coming up here sometime soon and so it's a matter of figuring out you know how can i be the solution to the problem that he will eventually see as as being there i mean obviously he has a concern for his employees right he want he right. wants he, he is concerned for his employees. It sounds like he wants to see people be successful. And so for um, he will eventually come to the idea of, hey, what happens if I just pass on suddenly? What will happen, right? And so partner. he needs to create redundancies so that the business can be operating if he suddenly ends up in the hospital for two months or something like that. And, and that's the role that you should be trying to fill. Okay, I, you know, doing payroll and doing accounts receivables or accounts payables, it's, it's very clerical. You know, I I think if you understand what's happening in that role, it isn't really necessary for you to do that role to be growing in your management capacity. And, and a lot of that stuff is very easily outsourced. Like, uh, what What is it that the daughter does for payroll? Are the, are you guys actually calculating all the deductions and making up all the deduction slips and all that kind of stuff? Um,
1: I honestly don't know. Um, I mean, I know she runs checks and she pays the, all the bills and uh, does all the paperwork as far as all that goes.
0: How How do you get paid? Do you get a check from the company or do you get a direct deposit through ADP or some kind of payroll service? No, it's a check from the company. Okay. So there's probably a ton of stuff that she's doing because they've got an entrenched old school system. And honestly, if you went with one of these payroll service providers who just, you know, they create an online portal. You go in, you put how many hours each person gets, what their rate is. They take care of all the deductions. They take care of everything. They, They take, you know, the whole payroll amount out of the company's bank account and they direct deposit to everybody. I mean, And they do it all for like a couple dollars a head. Yeah. For me,
1: I I mean, like, like you said earlier, you're not going to change his mind on how he wants to run his business. It's about trust and it's about getting into a little bit more of the um, relationship and, and feeling comfortable with me putting hands on uh, different things. That's that, that was the offer. There was just to build more trust to to get him to understand because I mean you're right there's better ways and you know like I said I think it's just because he can keep his daughter on there and and that's important to him.
0: And so what kind of timeline have you set for yourself? Just so everyone knows, like how old are you right now, Eric?
1: I'm about to turn 50.
0: About turn 50. And you were talking about how you're becoming more and more financially prepared to to become a business owner, so you're you're saving up money, you're trying to pay down debts, building your home equity, so that you have resources to go and do a deal. What, um, what about your aspirations in life? Like, do do you? Are you at the point where you wish you had already done something by now, or do you feel like you're becoming more and more prepared or how long are you willing to wait for this to turn into an opportunity? Um, I mean, for me,
1: I'm, a uh, take things slow. Um, I don't like to rush into things, but, um, but then I get ideas and then I want to jump all over them. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, for me, I, I I figured five years would be um, uh, the easy, and a ten year would be like, okay, yeah, I'm done. But that doesn't mean I mean I'm still trying to look at other uh, other things in the industry. I haven't closed the door to any other opportunities. It's just um, you know this one this one feels right. If that
0: makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it seems to be right. I mean, all the circumstances, I mean, you're already in there. You're doing an important function in the business. Um, is there any opportunity for you to be spending any more time with the owner outside of work?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I seriously doubt that. Um, he's, he's not really a sociable person. Uh, you know, I mean, he's social, but, you know, uh, he keeps to himself m- mainly.
0: Okay. Have you had any conversations with his uh, with his daughter about the future of the business or anything? You mentioned that she doesn't really want to be there anymore. How do you know that? Um, she has a passion
1: for theater and hmm. uh, she used to be a college teacher. Her mom got sick, so she quit and came back to take care of her. And this, this past year, she, uh, uh they put her mom in a home. And so she's been, uh, very, um, uh, aggressively looking for, um, employment elsewhere.
0: Is, is her mom, the owner's wife? Yes. Okay. So that's, that's, I mean, that's gotta be pretty stressful for him. uh believe so yeah yeah it's um it's it's tough i mean i uh there's a, there's a lot of people that i've met over the course of time who never really had a whole lot going on in their life outside of their business and I've seen people get into this situation where, you know, they're at the point where they really should be starting to relax and do other things, but they have never really developed those other things in their life. Yeah, I know he likes to golf
1: and he likes to fly planes, but um, I haven't seen or heard much of him doing that lately.
0: Yeah. Is our thing set up, you, you, you talk about how he takes Fridays off. How much time is he spending there on average?
1: Um, probably about 36 hours, okay. maybe, maybe less.
0: And did you notice any change at all around the time when uh, his wife was, was uh, having to make that change?
1: Um, I mean, you know, obviously he took some time off to go visit homes and check them out and all that kind of stuff. But um, realistically, I mean, he, he very seldom does much outside of um, just being there for his customers and his employees. When has the idea of, you
0: know, a partnership? Are you joining him in the ownership? Did that ever sort of float up? No,
1: I haven't really approached that. Um, I have obviously I've thought about it, hmm. but my concern is is how much liability and all of all of the things that that come with that.
0: He, you mentioned that he was talking about the employees taking over. When, when's the last time you heard him talking about anything like that?
1: Um, he, he actually didn't mention it. It was an email. Um, okay. That, that he had sent out.
0: And was it a long time ago or?
1: Um, no, it's been more recent. I was actually waiting to see if there was any kind of correspondence. <laughs> Cause he, okay. he actually has, one email for the whole business. And so everybody sees everything. I mean, it's not a lot of people, but still.
0: Oh really? So you all kind of share the same email account? Yeah. Holy cow. All right. Um, So, I mean, there's basically, you know, you there's, there's no way for you to make any kind of concrete plan that involves making him sell you the business, right? The, 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 the play for you is, is one of two different things. It's either you create your own plan that you can try to control to some degree, which may mean going back out and searching for something else that you're looking for, or, you focus on building the relationship and, you know, I'll, I'll tell you the different things that can happen. He can have a change of heart and all of a sudden want to talk about selling the business or something could happen and there could be a crisis. And if something unforeseen should happen and all of a sudden he's gone, then what would happen to the business, Right. And exactly. so, so I mean, is the daughter his only heir? Um, he, he has two
1: daughters, uh, but the one daughter is married to somebody very successful and has no interest in even associating with the business. Now, I don't know, you know, if that could change or whatever. But
0: okay, but... so then, so. <clears throat> so that could end up being an opportunity it really it really just depends on what you decide you want to prioritize if you want to prioritize the timeline and and you know sort of being the driving force in what you want to accomplish or if if you're okay with trying to cultivate this relationship because i mean something may have to happen in the next 2 years but some i mean he could go for 10 years or more, right, right, and that doesn't I guess, necessarily align with what you
1: want. I mean, it, it it may align with what is best for me. I mean, because I mean, my wife's pregnant currently, um, mm. so like I like I said, I, I like to do things slow, I guess. But <laughs> but uh, so I've got little kids at home. I actually have four. And, including the, the the one in the oven and uh, um so there's are the they challenge. all young or or were
0: some of them older
1: well my oldest is 10
0: okay so yeah i mean yeah you you said you do things slow so you, you started a family pretty late in life but that's okay
1: well there was medical issues with that but it's all good um, yeah, but, uh, so, so the thing that the the second part is to try to be prepared to step in if there was some kind of crisis and be able to, um, you know, grab that baton for him and, and carry the business in such a way that he could see the evidence that, that there's a possibility because I mean, worst case scenario, um, is that the company goes under and, and we, we, as all of us employees don't want that to happen. I mean, Mm -hmm. so, and I, and I've had a little bit of that conversation, but I just don't like to bring up to older people, their demise. So.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, no, it's, look, it's, it's a tough thing to talk about. So, so then are you talking about personal development? Are you talking about things that you want to work on on your own?
1: Yeah, like you said about the PL responsibilities, mm-hmm. um, just being able to um, work, work that relationship. And I mean, I, I've done some good things and, and feel like there's the potential, but again, it's small enough that he doesn't really need the help. And so, um, unless there's an opportunity, then I just want to figure out a way to prepare. And like I said, he keeps pretty much everything open. So maybe I just need to know what to look for. I mean, I do all of the numbers. um, So I can pretty much see what we're bringing in. I just Mm -hmm. don't see what's going out all the time.
0: And so how big is the firm? Would you say that you're already in the number two spot?
1: No. right. I mean, I I've just been there a year and a half. So he's got two other guys. The one guy he's not real happy with. He actually bought him bought him out of a mess, and so it was just a deal for him. But the relationship is very awkward um, because it's almost like the other guy runs his business under the protection of the owner and doesn't really. Sorry.
0: Sorry. Can you explain that to me? You said he bought him out of a mess. You mean it was an independent business that this, the the older fellow bought the business and sort of brought everything into his own.
1: Correct. It was one of his suppliers and, and he got into a bad place. And so he saved him by hiring him on.
0: Okay. And so, and that guy is preoccupied with running the things that used to be under his own business.
1: Yeah, they're two separate buildings. So he basically has his own company um that that the boss goes they're like next door, but um but the boss goes next door and, and converses with him and and then uh, comes back and complains about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there so there's that guy. Are there any other players here on the scene?
1: And then the other guy is our foreman, our shop shop foreman. Mm-hmm. And uh he's been there uh since the owner bought the business. And uh I mean he's a huge asset, but he, he's close to retirement as well and he does have plans. So
0: <laughs> Right. So so he won't be around in a couple of years? I, I wouldn't I mean I
1: hope not a couple of years, but maybe five five or six.
0: Okay. So but but the He, he would probably, um, be perfect. He, he would, he would, if anyone tried to put the future of the business on him, he'd probably say, Hey, wait a minute. I'm only going to be here for a few more years, five years or something. Okay. So, so he knows he's not part of the long-term plan of this operation.
1: Yeah. I've I've talked to him about it. Um, you know, what his plans are and, and that's basically what it is. He's just working for retirement.
0: Okay. Okay. Um so yeah, I mean the the that I mean the best thing that I can advise to you is is just to keep working on the relationship like you are, but to to ask for opportunity, to make yourself available like you have been, um, and to inquire about curiosity. And to express the fact that you want to learn more about the business, in in particular, you want to you want to learn about how the business operates, and you and you are interested in growing and developing. It, it, you know, share that with with the owner. Right, I, I think my fear
1: in in the way that he comes across is that he does not want to equip me to leave him.
0: Hmm. And and so, there is sort of a mutual dependence here, isn't there? Correct. Right. right. I mean, he does need you. And okay. and does he know that you? He obviously must know that your long term desires to have a place of your own. Yes. Yeah. And so, so developing this further is going to take a little bit of a leap of faith from both of you right. Right. And so sometimes the idea of selling the business is a big, scary idea, you know, for a seller, because they, they think about it like a a moment, like a transaction. And he's probably afraid that if he sells you the business, then he'll, you know, then he's out to pasture, so to speak. Right. He's got nothing more to do. Exactly. But perhaps talking about a transition plan, Like, hey, why don't we work on a plan? Like, whatever you want to call it, a five-year plan for me to buy your business. Okay. That kind of mental framework can change the way someone perceives what you're talking about. Because when you start to talk about a long-term plan... You can start to make, you can start to propose something like this. Like you could say, Hey, here's a plan for me to buy your business over the course of the next five years. It will involve me learning more about what you're doing and you will, you know, be able to rely more and more on me so that you won't have to do as many things around here. But in order to, you know, Gauge my commitment towards the completion of this plan for you to be able to believe in me. Maybe it requires some kind of investment on my part. So you make a small investment <laughs> in the business, small stake, buy a small piece. And then over the course of the five years, you go through. I, mean, I made a video about this once called a state. Uh, the video was called something about staged buyouts where I I describe how some businesses change hands over the course of time. And there's um, a guy I interviewed in the last year named John Mill. He's got a book called Hire Your Buyer, where it's all about this idea of, of hiring someone who comes in and then over the course of a prolonged period of time, the handover slowly happens. All right, you, you may even want to buy that book and read it and then maybe give it to him.
1: (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking.
0: With, with like sections highlighted and stuff like that, (laughs) you know.
1: (laughs) Make it simple, right?
0: Yeah. Because, because, um, you know, lots of, lots of entrepreneurs operate under the, under the plan of just living forever, but you know my own my own dad's experience. You know he he passed away last year at the age of eighty. He was almost eighty four. Um, but I know once he got to the end of his seventies, his perspective on things started to change. Just in the way he was talking to me about stuff, he he his own mortality became more and more of a thing that that he contemplated. You know, because you, you just radical. can't deny, you know the the what the calendar is telling you about how old you are right and so it's got to be something that and especially going through this whole uh period with his wife's transition into special care i mean he's probably he's probably afraid that if he slows down he'll end up joining her yeah i wouldn't doubt it
1: right Yeah. It's definitely a touchy situation, but you know, it's well worth the relationship, though.
0: Yeah, and and he's probably aware of what could happen, right? If nothing is done, and then there's a crisis of some kind, he'll be jeopardizing all those all those people and their income. You know, all of his employees and everything. Correct. Right. Now, as far as as far as your own Preparation. It um, sounds like you're doing all the stuff I would normally advise people to do. You're trying to build your build your cash savings, build your equity, get rid of debts that you have.
1: Correct. Right. I read invest local and started doing some of that.
0: Oh, some of the private lending deals. Yes. And how is that going? Can you tell me about some of those?
1: Um. Well, um, I think the biggest concern is that I really need to get connected with a CPA and a lawyer, um, and I really haven't haven't done a lot of effort in that. But at the same time, I don't really know where to start because I, I have a couple of things going on. I have my parents who are, are both getting in their age, you know, with family stuff. So I need somebody to handle that, which is, is some of, uh, you know, the concerns that the future finances, because what I did was I loaned my mom's estate money. And, um, and so that, that, you know, having to have a, um, the uh, contract taken care of and all that I need to make sure that that's all solid but uh, um
0: you you loaned money to the estate correct well uh, okay so um so she has passed on
1: no she hasn't my my she is she has uh, dementia and oh, my I see. power of attorney
0: okay. And so, and so, okay, so so there's a uh, an estate to take care of her legal affairs and everything. So okay, so so then do you know that that will be repaid at some point in the future.
1: Well, that's the problem. I'm not quite sure that uh, how that works out, but uh, I'm still working on that. That's that's been more recent. So
0: okay, so for the the funds were for her care.
1: No, oh, it's for the home. <clears throat> she actually had a, a second mortgage that was a balloon, and and so we we all got together and and loaned the money to take care of that to get it into a better place.
0: Okay, so so there's a house then, correct? Okay, and so in taking care of the second mortgage, removing it, did did the family members who lent the money put their own lien in place on the house?
1: See, and that's what, that's what I'm trying to work out, is making sure that, that that's taken care of, because no, they haven't.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, and it sounds like not everyone in the family participated, just a few people?
1: Well, I mean, us four kids. Me and my three siblings.
0: Okay, so I would I would say that yeah, you need to connect with an attorney because you you want to make sure that um, it's properly documented as a loan to her, and that right. and that there is a lien put on her home because you know we don't know what might happen with her as time moves on if something else should ever happen where another creditor appears if you don't have that second lien on her home and some other creditor is able to get, you know, uh, uh, a judgment or something, they could go slap a lien on the house.
1: Yeah. I mean, she's been, she's been in a home for quite a while. And as far as we know, that's the only, um, possibility is from the home because, um, she's been incapacitated for, for, uh, over a decade
0: right well but but believe me there are always things that you never expect it could even be the government
1: oh i'm, I'm not saying that we don't I've, okay. I've, I've had this argument already it's just i don't have power of attorney so i have to count on my brother who does to to do his part and and okay i mean
0: so where you know you are trying to build the resources to execute this deal. um, I would probably tell you that now is probably not the time to be doing any of those deals. Like I described in the book, invest local, like there's, there's a difference between saving and investing. And I, I think that if you are anticipating trying to organize a deal with the seller, with the owner of the business, that your, your mode should really be a saving mode right now? You still there? Yeah.
1: Oh, sorry, got a call that came in. Um, yeah, so, I mean, my concern with the saving mode, I mean, uh, is inflation and the, the devaluing of the dollar every day. Yeah. Um, hopefully it's not that bad, but so uh, you know I don't I, I'm trying to put what little I have into something moving if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I I know and it, it and it does make sense if your planning horizon was years and years and years, but things with the business could change on a dime. Right. And so what you need is you need dry powder, you need liquidity, you need cash, you know, access to cash, right? And so you want actual cash in a savings account. You want, um, you know, you mentioned home equity. So you want to have a home equity line of credit established with the bank before you need it so that you can draw upon it when you need to. It doesn't cost you anything if you're not using it, right? And so so you want to have your tools in place in your toolbox so that when some kind of opportunity is there, when because something can happen at any moment where his whole attitude and sense of urgency will change. And then you could find yourself with an opportunity to do a deal. um, And then all of a sudden it's going to be, well, what down payment can I raise? I also
1: you've been you've been talking more recently about the life insurance policy, mm-hmm. and I, I believe, and I have to check, but I believe mine is the type that you're talking about, and I want okay. to look into that more. But um,
0: with with uh, like it builds cash value, yes. Okay. And so that, that then becomes another asset that you could borrow against when it comes time to putting together a down payment to buy the business, right? just like, just like your home equity.
1: So, I mean, you know, I, I'm still at the beginning stages, but I, I do hear what you're saying as far as being concerned to uh, any kind of immediate need. Uh so, on the HELOC, um, with the interest rates these days, I mean, is that really a good idea? Or-
0: well, it it I didn't say to go and max out a HELOC on your home. I said to go put it, arrange it, so right. that so that you have access to it, mm-hmm. because you don't know what is going to happen or what your needs are going to be, right? And so it's it's better to have access to a tool and not use it than to simply not have it available to you. You know, if it if you are able to put a deal together, but you're for some reason twenty thousand dollars short, would it matter if it was at ten or eleven percent interest? Right, right. And so this is why you want to have the tool available to you. Um, and with interest rates rising, as we move forward here. And potentially with real estate prices maybe going down, it's a, it's a natural reaction to higher interest rates. I know that in some places, house prices have already started to come down. Other places are kind of steady. But if you wait for those conditions to keep piling on and then you suddenly need to get a, a HELOC, all of a sudden the rules could make it much more difficult to put, get one at that time. Whereas if you get it today and don't use it, and it just kind of sits there, you've got access to it. It may be easier to get now than it would be in six or 12 months' time.
1: Definitely. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Do you know anything about S-Corp and how that works? or?
0: So, so what a what an S corp is is it's a corporation, so it's a separate legal entity. But he's signed a, what's called a, a pass through election. So, so basically, the earnings of the company get taxed as though they were his personal earnings. So, what it means is that over the course of the years, all the gains and earnings that the business has made, he's paid his taxes along the way. So, so the the form of the organization really doesn't have a whole lot of impact on you um what what are the annual sales of the business do you have any idea um man I should have known that but I really didn't
1: I would say maybe six to eight million
0: okay and and does he does he do a lot of work where you guys might have to use a bid bond or anything like that? Do you know do you know if they have that in place for sometimes for if you do work for governments or maybe the military or some big companies you have to have these bonds in place you know surety bonds or completion bonds
1: yeah I don't think so because he'd really he rides under the radar with all of the different things that the only thing that we have is uh, <clears throat> oh what is it slipped my mind but the military um you know like the u.s only type thing i forget what it's called why i can't remember that but he he steers clear of any kind of extra costs that that would associate to the business anything that we do military we do third party and sell to other companies
0: okay so so in all likelihood then there isn't like sometimes it makes sense to buy the shares of a, of a company if there are these contracts that may not carry on in an asset sale. But it sounds like this business probably would be sold in an asset sale anyway. And so, you know, the way he has it organized legally wouldn't uh, necessarily have any real impact on you you know when when you go to make the purchase of this company you'd probably organize your own llc or an s corp of your own to be the to be the buyer and acquire the business that way okay. and the the name the name that they trade under is one of the assets so you'd be able to buy the name as well and so how he's organized you know because he's an s corp he's been paying all of his taxes all along the way so um, it wouldn't really make a big impact for him to do a, an asset sale. It's
1: pretty good stuff.
0: Um. The, um, how big is the firm? Like how many people work there?
1: Um, maybe 23 people.
0: Okay. And, and has, do you have any idea of how that's changed over time? Like, has it been this size for a long time?
1: Yeah, I, I think at some point he, um, scaled back and, um, you know, like, like made it really manageable for himself so that he can just kind of put it in neutral and, and ride it out. That's, that's what it seems to me that, that they used to work overtime. They don't even work 40 now. Um, There's a, just a a real laid back feel. Um, So it's, it's got a lot of potential, like I said, but, but it doesn't um, like, obviously for him, it doesn't take a lot to cover all the costs and everything. But, you know, I mean, he he obviously there's a there's a bunch of things that that he could be putting money into, which is one of the issues of being a buyer is, you know, what's going to break down next. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> type well, thing. But, so so here's, you know, if you get to the point where you're able to actually get your hands on on the p and uh, I mean, there's a few things you can start to do in sort of doing due diligence or analyzing the opportunity just with a few other bits of information. So learning what the profitability of the business is, is one thing. But one of the other things is just what you've hit upon is is having an idea of what assets are in the business. So creating a list of everything that's owned. And then that consideration about the state of the equipment. Because if everything imminently needs to be replaced in the next few years, because he's been deferring reinvestment then that's definitely going to have an impact on the price right i agree yeah and so so even though he's doing 5 or 6 million of revenue uh, without knowing what the profit is and i mean once we figured out what the what the cash flow was we could look at past sale transactions and kind of figure out what the cash flow is worth but that cash flow typically is EBITDA or SDE, which doesn't include CapEx. But then we'd have to ask the question of what sort of capital improvement budget is required in this business. And if if there's been a, you know, a deferral of those expenses, then it it could really impact that cash flow. And so, so the, the big question is, 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 we don't really know what this business is worth. Or even if it's worth more than the value of the stuff that's there in his current state right? right but what we do know is that he's got this business going that has a certain amount of cash flow flowing through it and so and he's getting to an advanced age so I mean I it sounds like there's an opportunity there for you the when he throws around ideas like you know, you don't have two and a half million to buy my business. He's probably just thinking of the assets, right? And he's thinking of those buildings in particular. And you've already pointed out that the buildings may not necessarily be the ideal location for the business anyway. Right. And so, you know, if he owns those buildings, then he's not paying rent to himself. He probably owns them free and clear. I'm guessing.
1: Well, that's, that's the weird part is, he actually doesn't take a salary, but he pays himself rent.
0: Okay. So so then he the business probably doesn't own the buildings, but he he may likely own them personally or in a different entity. So so we would have to do a normalization of that PL. We'd have to put in a value for his labor. We would have to make sure that the rent that he was charging is a fair market rent. And it's not that he's doing anything wrong or whatever. He probably just had a meeting with an accountant and tried to figure out the most tax-effective way to take money out of the business, and this may be what they came up with. Right. Yeah. But you. But we would have to normalize it all to make it sort of uh, standard for how a business like this should be functioning, to see what that real cash flow is, and then and then take a look at the state of the equipment to figure out what it's worth.
1: confirms a lot of things that I've been learning from your YouTube channel and, and things that I've been kind of piecing together and whatnot. So.
0: Yeah. Well, like I said, the, the the biggest win I think is just to keep inching forward and just letting him know that you're eager and you want to learn more and you want to work with him on this transition. And, and if you get the sense that he's afraid to teach you more because you might take off and run your own business, then, then it may require you being willing to make some kind of commitment in, in the way of maybe a small investment to become a a small minority partner with him or something. But if he's going to want that, then that then would be the moment where, okay, now I need all the financials. Now I need this. Now I need that. And you can really take a look at this business. All right, good stuff.
1: Yeah, um, cash flow forecasting. Mm-hmm. I bought that. I bought that, but I'm not having a lot of success with it, and I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong. But obviously, I haven't invested enough into it. But
0: what um, you started with the first week, and um, what what is giving you trouble?
1: I guess I'm just not piecing it all together well. I mean. I think I get the gist, but on some level, maybe it just seems too simplistic to me. Maybe
0: like <laughs> I, was, I was trying to make it simple. That's good. <laughs> well, uh, to what point have you have you gotten to?
1: I think I got to week ten. Okay, but um, I think things came up, and then I I just kind of put it on the back burner, and haven't gotten back to it. But but what can I do with that? Currently, because I mean, obviously, the one that I really need to get into is the business buyer
0: advantage, right? B- business buyer advantage is all about buying a business, um, right. it's, it's it's sort of the whole start to finish. This is the process of buying a business, and I take you through a case study and some examples and all that kind of stuff. The cash flow forecasting and business plan writing program. Really gets you into the the financial and number side of things. So what would be ideal is if you had if you if you got your hands on the financials of the business you're working in, is you could you could then use that as the basis to create a cash flow forecast um, using using the tools that I teach in that program. Business Buyer Advantage is all about buying a business, yeah, and it's. It's about 14 hours of stuff, and in the last few years, I've added a bunch of things, um, including, you know, buying a business in a recession and um, doing share purchases and calculating net current position and working uh, net normal position in working capital. Working capital is going to be an important thing for this business that you're looking at, and the cash flow forecasting program also touches on working capital too so you would have you would have gone through that so in cash flow forecasting you plot out what you think the sales are going to be and then you have to figure out when the money actually arrives and when the expenses go out right right and then so in this business that you're looking at you guys would do work for people and then maybe people pay you in 30 or 45 days yeah or maybe yeah. longer right
1: maybe even longer right
0: Yeah, and so you need to have that built into your forecast so you know when money's coming and going. And then in the forecasting program, once you've got all that plotted out, then you can see your cash balance over time and you look for the negative point. Do you remember me talking about that? And so if your forecast shows that you're going to get into the hole for 20 grand, let's say, then that, and then you start to pull back out, then that shows you that you need 20 grand of working capital or a 20 grand line of credit or something right? or more. You like to be on the safe side. But the forecasting program actually shows you how to figure out what you're going to need. In Business Buyer Advantage, the uh, module on share sales shows people how to figure out the net normal position in working capital based on what we read in the balance sheet of the company we're looking at buying. So it's, it's two different ways of, of figuring out the same kind of issue. Um, one based on the projections going forward, the other based on looking at what someone's doing in their business today.
1: Yeah. I mean, the reason I bought that was to kind of get an idea and work through the financials that i had for his business and kind of get it get it going forward so i just need to get back to that and and put the effort in better
0: yeah well you know i the the my goal in creating it was to make each step a very simple thing for people to get hold of because if you look at some of the example spreadsheets at the end of the program, I mean, most people, if they looked at one of those, would just go, oh my God, this is so huge and complex. How how do I understand this? But right. as you were doing when you start at the very beginning and you just ask yourself, how many of these can we sell next week, right? And just very basic step-by-step, let's take it one piece at a time. Um, then you can actually get through to the 13th week with a giant spreadsheet that you built on your own. And you could you know exactly what's going on everywhere because you built it, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Somehow the owner has. I mean, I, I I made a little change one time just to see if he was how close he was watching things, and and he called me out on it, and I was so impressed because I was like, man, to have your finger on the pulse that close. So I that's what I want to get to is be able to to know it without having to do a lot of work, you know, the little triggers that,
0: that are available. Well, he's, he's probably developed that aptitude over many years of watching things. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Sounds like a great man to learn from. Uh, you just want to make sure you get the opportunity to learn from him.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm, I appreciate being able to learn from you and, um, I've enjoyed going through these steps over these years and and building. So I appreciate you.
0: I'm I'm glad to have you. I'm glad to have you in the audience, Eric, and I'm glad that I've been able to help you. I mean, um, I know every once in a while I get an email from you and you tell me what's going on and I appreciate that. And um, I'm glad that you decided to uh, call back in here for a second time because. So it's actually been a trend this year. There's been a couple of people from years gone by that have called in this year. And it's kind of cool to see how people are progressing in their journey. Yes.
1: I look forward to hearing some of them too.
0: Yeah. uh, It's, it's going to be a good season. All right. Awesome, man. Have a great, uh, great holiday and uh, and good luck with the new baby. That's going to be exciting for you.
1: Well, You have a great holiday as well.
0: All right. Cheers.
1: Cheers.